cloth, y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, Decoding Success, episode 165, and we have an amazing guest we are bringing to you today. You are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, on this all-new episode, and I'm going to start this episode off by asking you, have you ever felt pain? Of course you have. Pain is absolutely inevitable unless you are a newborn baby and even maybe at that point you feel some physical pain so I'm defeating my own purpose here but have you ever felt pain and the answer is of course you have but I'm going to pose another question on you and that question is how have you processed that pain a lot of individuals including myself have suppressed pain we have picked up overtime at our job to continuously pile into our bank accounts which makes us feel really good until one day boom it hits us or we'll sit in bed and we'll scroll through social media or on the other hand we'll overeat we'll overindulge in the goodness of food and drinks and honestly maybe even drugs if you can relate to this in any which way you are in for an amazing treat today because we are talking about how to turn that pain into a positive and see the positive within that pain because that is your internal guidance system and on top of that we're also diving into many different practices that you can unveil into your new year, into 2021, to propel you to new heights in your life, to have your best and your healthiest overall, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, relationship-wise, intimacy, all of that. We are unveiling a whole bunch of amazing things for you to do this year. And one of them I just happened to do without even listening to this and recording this episode. It was an amazing practice and you're going to hear it in this episode. I'm really excited to share it. Today we are joined by our friend, leading longevity authority, Troy Casey, certified health nut as he is known on social media, who is a world-renowned life coach and healer who has scoured the earth searching for the most powerful health and healing methods. And as mentioned, he is bringing them to the show today. Troy is an amazing individual who has a very vast background and he's being super transparent and vulnerable with all of us. He went from homeless. He was a Versace model. Now he's absolutely crushing it as an author and beyond, putting together amazing courses and content for everyone out there. And as mentioned, he's bringing that all to the table here on episode 165 of the Decoding Success podcast. And now without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Troy Casey. Troy, super excited to have you on today to decode your success, amplify your message, so on and so forth. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Matt. Of course. Now, Troy, as mentioned before we even started recording this episode, I told you how we kicked this show off and it's going to be no different today. So I'm curious, how do you personally define success? I define success by being able to do what you want when you want. Right. I love that. Now, Period. Yeah. For sure. So let's break that down. How did you find yourself getting to that point in life? Because I'm sure, you know, we hear it time and time time again, and we're going to walk through your journey in just a bit. You know, I'm sure at some point you might have defined success differently, right? So how did you find yourself getting to the point where you're able to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, where you want, et cetera? 
Well, I mean, it's, it's been a series, you know, um, a lot of this is coming in, coming up in my upcoming book, but the fact of the matter is, is we're trained, we're conditioned, we go through this industrial age school system, um, you know, basically to chase that almighty dollar. There's no real, like, what do you want to do? What's your passion? What's in your heart? Um, and so I, I was lost like most people. And, you know, I went, I went to school and I put myself through college. Um, and I was studying mathematics at the time because when I went to college, I was like, all right, well, where's the money at? Okay. So, and then they're like, well, math and science, you know, courses, they make, you know, more money, the, the, those types of professions. You have to have these requirements. So I started going through, you know, I started going through all my science requirements and I realized, oh, I need a ton of math. And so I, I just started studying, you know, more math and, you know, I didn't get a lot of that education in high school. I was incarcerated as a youth. And so I had to go back and build up my math. I had to go through all my, my, my calculus and um, um, uh, algebra. And, and so it took me quite a bit of time. And, uh, and then that's when I ended up finding uh, uh, another industry that I got uh, into. Uh, just being on the slow track going through college. And again, I just didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted. And I was just chasing the almighty dollar. Right. So, you know, you mentioned feeling lost. You mentioned trying to find yourself. If you could put that into a process to kind of uh, not necessarily fast track it, but, you know, something that's digestible and actionable for people that are tuned in that might feel that way. What do you feel like are steps one through whatever in regards to being able to find yourself and knowing who you truly are, what you truly want in life? Well, I take people through that process in my book and in my you know, workshops as well and, and, and retreats. Uh, I call it dream, purpose, and legacy, ultimately legacy. And I have, uh, you know, I, I have a couple of tools that I work with. The, the biggest one is, is to help people write their eulogy. You're dead as a doornail. Your best friend's up on the podium. This is the life you've lived. Becoming um, the author of your own life, the authority of your own life. So dream that impossible dream. You know, what is it that you want to do, accomplish, you know, be, et cetera, et cetera. And you have poetic license and permission to do whatever it is from climbing Mount Everest to, you know, running the ultra marathon in the Kalahari desert barefoot, who knows what it is, right? You know, going to the Grand Canyon, going to Yosemite, you know, having children, you know, map it out, spell it out. Um, and then that way it comes from you and it comes from the heart's desire. I have some other tools where I really help people, you know, pull out the money equation because the mind is a trap and the mind, the mind wants to monetize it because that's the current system that we live in. But if you talk to any of the greats, they let their heart sing and the money follows them. I definitely agree with you. It's just really hard to adapt that mindset. You know, I'm, I'm 27 years old, so I fall into the trap all the time in, in this Instagram world and this Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn world, you know, uh, I mean, we were just talking about it before the show, you know, like, how do you get into that mindset? I, I just want to go a little bit deeper on this. And then I want to, you know, walk through your journey here. But how do you get into that mindset where, you know, just let your heart do the talking and then the money will follow type of, you know, type of thing? How do you get into that mindset? Um, you know, I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, Troy, it's like, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. So like I could say it all day, but if I'm not living it, then I don't really mean it. Right. How do you get into that mindset? How do you get, you know, study the greats, you know, um, 
study the greats and study, you know, obviously the Kobe Bryant's of the world, you know, obviously just passed, you know, he's a big name, you know, he, he did what he loved and then he perfected it. Right. So it wasn't work. Um, it was, it was play. Um, how do you get into that mindset? You know, uh, what is it, you know, people are listening to this really tap into the heart. Like, what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you love? I have a friend who created this uh, film, He's, he's, he did a film with uh, Hicks and Gracie and he's, he's in the fighting world. Um, and, uh, he, he, uh, worked with uh, Ken Shamrock as well. And, uh, the Shamrock brothers, they came from an orphanage and, um, the guy that created the orphanage, I think he saved like hundreds of wayward boys and, uh, and he had tremendous track record and success. And how he did that was he helped them find their passion, uh, whatever it was, whether it was a guitar. And the Shamrock Brothers, for example, um, they loved to fight. <laughs> they just loved to kick the shit out of each other. And that's exactly what he let them do. And they mastered that and they mastered every level of that sport. Um, and that's just something that, 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 that shows. So, you know, my, my advice is study the greats. Um, um, and yeah, I mean, maybe you could ask that question in another way. You know, what, what's the process? Ask the question in another way, please, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to find out like, what are the actual steps to being able to go from someone that says that or hears that right in this interview, for instance, you mentioned it, um, you know, leading with the heart and letting the money follow that, that it's one thing to say that, but at the same time, I'm just trying to find out how I could actually start to adapt to that type of lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's, um, it's just like, how do I start living that, you know? And, um, I, I if it, I, I totally get it. When it comes down to the greats, like I definitely believe that. But at the same time, the people that I look to as the greats, and trust me, I, I think Kobe is you know phenomenal. I love Michael Jordan. I love many individuals like that. But even from like a business perspective, I break down my greats in categories, right? So in business, I look at the greats as Andrew Carnegie, Cornelius Vanderbilt, J.P. Morgan, uh, Rockefeller, right? But at the same time, the individuals I'm naming from a business perspective were super driven by money, like yeah. super, and they were competing against one another like no tomorrow they wanted to be the richest fucks in the world at that point in time you know what yeah, i'm saying so, so, yeah, so what you want what you want to look at is the the aspect of pain because the pain teacher is always guiding us the question is are you listening and so if you're looking at people like those that 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 succeeded on the money game by any means necessary look at the wake of pain that they've they've released in the world you know um Rockefellers are, are a prime example. Our whole military industrial complex creates things like uh, Afghanistan and Iraq and what we did to Africa in the name of progress, in the name of manifest destiny. You know, this is really my wheelhouse. I understand our potential demise if we don't get our act together in this, uh, this move uh, for manifest destiny. We're destroying the actual habitat that we live in for this type of mentality. And so, and it's unsustainable. If you study money, if you study anything, if you really understand it, 
And a lot of people that go after the money, they don't really understand the fiat currency system, the system that we're, that we're entrenched in. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, most people don't know that there was $660 billion worth of paper in 2007, 2006. It was the, it was the history of the Fed only created that much paper. There's now $4 trillion worth of paper in there. That was created out of thin air. There's no gold backing. And so, uh, and not to mention uh, the housing crisis and the derivatives and everything that got sliced up in the refi market and the mortgage uh, collapse um, in 2007. What, what happened is, you know, that was uh, bank derived. And what did they do? They ended up bank. They ended up bailing out the bankers, the actual criminals that created that whole scenario. And I, I heard a statistic one time that if the if the uh, if the uh, if they would have paid the American people, every man, woman, and child would have had a, a three bedroom house eighteen times over. Right? We've got. I live in Los Angeles, California. We've got uh, Skid Row downtown, and they've just gentrified that. Uh, and so now the Skid Row is turning up on Venice Beach, right in front of Google, where they bought four four. 400,000 square feet of uh, real estate space. It's right next to Gold's Gym. I work out there every day. And now this encampments and this homelessness uh, is right on our doorstep, right on, you know, Google's about to be one of the first trillion dollar companies. But the fact of the matter is we have to solve our problems. Otherwise, this type of zombie consciousness is going to encroach on us, on our kids. They're already in my neighborhoods. They get tuberculosis and they get these other diseases and they they touch door handles, they go into stores, they touch food, they touch food packaging, et cetera. They pick it up. And so this type of disease potential, this type of demise is encroaching on all of us. I believe in the philosophy, all one or none. Dr. Bronner's makes a soap bottle and all that uh, philosophy is on there. It's been around for you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, uh, Dr. Bronner's. All one or none, we're all connected. There is no separation from um, uh, from each other. We're all in relationship to each other and we're all in relationship to the earth. And so uh, this whole thing of, of you know, uh, manifest destiny and greed by any means uh, necessary, you're going to displace other and that other is your brother or your mother. It is connected to you. And so this consciousness with oil and oil exploration and then of course, the Rockefellers turned into bankers, and banking is, is directly related to uh, this whole idea of fiat currency. It's ideas out of thin air. And so, uh, and we're meeting its potential um, uh, end. We've, you know, fiat currencies only last for so long in the history of money. And when you start to look at systems, systems, feudal systems, etc., eventually they evolve. So I don't think we need to go for a collapse, but we are headed for an evolution. Um, and so if you're looking at pain and destruction and what you're trying to create on this earth, if you're just looking at amassing wealth, then that has a repercussion, the natural uh, law of uh, uh, cause and effect, right? So if you're doing something, there is going to be an effect in the world. And so 
Um, and, and there's two forces on this planet as well, both yin and yang, masculine, feminine, inhalation, exhalation, good or bad. I don't want to throw currency and money underneath the bus because I benefit from that. I live in a house, I'm in business. Um, uh, I do benefit from that, but I also, from working in the Amazon and also being a 54 year old man, I also see that we have to create systems that are beneficial for the all. Otherwise this homelessness will take over or the displaced refugees that end up coming through our borders, start doing uh, terrorist attacks inside of our own nation. Uh, you know, that's basically all that war torn stuff, all the, these wars and I, I'm referencing uh, confessions of an economic hitman. If people really want to understand banking at the highest level and how the way of the world works, I recommend they read John John Perkins' book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, to really understand the repercussions of what happens when we go in there and take things by military might and right. Um, so there is a there is a, an effect. There is a responsibility that we have. Uh, otherwise, this type of energy will come on our back door and it will affect uh, the future of your, 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 your children, the future of everything. I mean, can you imagine if we just had, uh, you know, Skid Row, if it takes over, if, uh, you know, you know, um, we don't have the security that we need. Just look at Liberia, if you would like to look at that. Look at what's happening in, in, in Venezuela. And so, so we want to look at these things as a more uh, holistic whole, especially because we have the internet available to us right now and we can understand. So what I'm saying is basically this will encroach on your uh, backyard as above, so below uh, uh, the natural law of correspondence. Uh, we are all connected. And so the macro is the micro. And so it's, and for me, once I realize this, it's a responsibility for me to make and do something. So that's my drive in business is to transform the world. And my mission ultimately is, my mission is to raise human consciousness and change all systems. My vision is clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all mankind in my lifetime. Right. I love that, man. Now, I want to go back just a little bit. You mentioned pain teacher is always guiding us. Can you just break that down just a little bit? I want to make sure that I'm understanding that properly and, uh, you know, you know, to fully comprehend that. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, pain in, in, in my humble opinion in, in philosophy uh, is, is a tool of guidance. So if you stub your toe and you do nothing, it can get infected and you can get gangrene and, and you either lose your leg or it crawls up into your heart and you die. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an indicator. It's, a, it's something to pay attention to. Um, and so, and that can be emotional pain, mental pain, you know, spiritual longing, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't have to just be physical pain. And when we pay attention to that, it can help us guide us. We have an internal guidance system, a uh, innate intelligence, primal instincts, gut intelligence, etc. And so the human being is the most technological advanced piece of equipment in the whole entire universe, according to the Maori shaman that I've worked with for the last 22 years. And so 
I like to say that we are an all-knowing self-healing mechanism, and ultimately all knowledge is knowledge of self, according to the ancient sages. And so, so when you, and, and a healthy body is a sensitive body. And so, so you, you're going to know what's happening in your environment, and you're going to be able to assess it. Remember when we were, you know, Cro-Magnum man or Paleo man or ancient history, the only thing we had to rely on was this internal guidance system. So it's a very finely tuned system. And if we listen to it, then we can, um, we can navigate the, 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 the terrain because that's ultimately what man knows how to do, right? He knows what's on the horizon that's going to eat him and he knows what's to eat, right? So, so it's a hunting gathering type of principle. And so, so you want to pay attention to what's going on. Otherwise, you can get in trouble. And what is the society that we live in today? People are all doped up on, look, heroin is legalized with Oxycontin and, and these other synthetic opiates, you know? And so people are all doped up on pain pills. They're all doped up on, on caffeine and nicotine and stimulants to override you know, not getting enough sleep, et cetera. So we're, we're wired to the, to the celestial realm and body needs sleep. And so, but we have all these tools, we have lights, we have technology, we have, uh, we have stimulants, you know, you've got something to go up and you got something to go down. And so, but what happens, people get sick from this. Most Americans today, my clients, my 50 year old clients, my hustler clients, they got all the money in the world. They got all the mansions, mistresses, and Ferraris, but they don't have their health. They, or maybe they lost the love of their life or they, they got their family taken away. This is the pain you want to listen to. And you could not listen to it and just buy another Ferrari and think everything's cool and act cool and get a younger woman that doesn't love you and you just got to pay for it. So basically, it's just a hooker, right? So you can go down that road and you can look cool like Dan Bilzerian, but are you actually happy? Is your soul happy? Is your heart happy? Is, are you fulfilled? Because ultimately, and that goes back to your original question, you know, what is success? Success has to deal with fulfillment. And so material items uh, don't always fulfill the human being. They may give you certain... Um, you know, accolades in our society, uh, but they don't necessarily uh, fill the hole in the soul, yeah. if you will. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I appreciate you breaking that down. But to get a little bit deeper on that internal guiding system, is that considered gut feel or instinct? Is that what you're referring to? Yes. And to right. be able to trust that instead of going into the head where you're programmed, right? You're programmed by um, um, the mind stores information and images. We come out of the, we're products of the 21st, the 20th century, which was developed public relations by Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays was Freud's nephew. He took all that Freudian psychology of, you know, your connection to your mother and your father, and they, they rolled that into television advertising and program, including the news. News has always been bought and paid for. And then what do they, what do, they do? They get research bias, quote unquote, scientific proof, right? Research bias is just skewed data. And they've got all sorts of scientific proof that, that you know, grain, grains are good for the human body or, you know, heart, heart healthy, uh, uh, oils, which, you know, in saturated fat is bad for you, et cetera, et cetera. What, what does that do? It created all sorts of 
heart disease and all sorts of other issues because we used to hunt and gather. So saturated fat from animals is not bad for you. When they eat grain, it is. And so you got Kellogg's and General Mills and all these major commodities on the stock exchange, et cetera. Um, and they're creating these cereals and they're saying, you know, they're good for the human being. Well, how do you fatten up an animal to bring it to market? You feed them grain. And what happened to the American populace? 70% of the American people are obese or overweight. My mentor told me results never lie. So if things are working out so well, just simply look at our results. You know, what are our results? You've got people that are, that, that, that are, that are, that are sick right now. And so, um, very sick, actually. 70% is very high. And it grew uh, exponentially since I've started my, my, my business. For the last 13 years, it was 62% when I started my Certified Health Nut brand. And now it's 70%. 70% is close to 100%. 62%, 70 is exponential growth. That means it's, it's growing quickly. If I don't do something fast then I will be consumed by that statistic. And a lot of what's being done, you know, chemical companies and, uh, uh, um, are masquerading as agribusiness companies right now. And then uh, they're intertwined with the multi -conglomerate, multinational conglomerates that are also pharmaceutical companies and they own the media. And so they're all intertwined. And so basically these chemical companies, they're maiming people but lo and behold, the solutions are always there for the pharmaceutical companies. And the pharmaceuticals are also maiming people. So what they do is they have customers for life. Right. Yeah, 100%. Listen, we're, we're getting deep here, Troy. So I want to connect the dots between everything. And this is currently where you are. But I want to go back to your teen years when you were that adventurous and rebellious child. And, you know, like I said earlier, before we started recording this, I very much so relate to that. So going back to Troy in high school, who was he? Who was he defining success? Or how was he defining success at that point in his life? <sighs> Well, again, I, I didn't know who I was back then, and I was just trying to fit into the society that we live in. And um, um, and again, I don't want to paint society as bad or good. I have the philosophy that, um, you know, this is just the big cosmic joke. This is just God playing God, and we're just evolving, and everything is spiritual fodder for our own uh, uh, evolution and development. And so, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't know who I was. I smoked a lot of pot. Uh, you know, I, 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 I smoked a lot of pot. I, you know, I don't know. I guess I was into, you know, drugs. I was always into mind expansion drugs. I, I did a lot of LSD. Um, you know, I started smoking pot when I was 12 years old. I started doing LSD, I think, when I was 13. And so... Um, and I all I got kicked out of every school that I ever went to because I hated authority. And I, you know, maybe intuitively or at the core level, I just thought that things were off and wrong. And when you know, I, I just I, I thought that like originally, like right from the beginning. And um and so I, I always, you know, fought authority or quite I I at least questioned authority. And, uh, and it makes sense now because I really understand the industrial age school system, how they, 
basically they train you Pavlovian, especially with the bells. I grew up in the seventies and the eighties, you know, they had bells that just like the factories and they would ring every hour, which means you have to, you know, change class or whatever. And so they're training you to become employees. And I didn't, I didn't like to sit down and shut up. I was very creative. I was very active. Uh, and I'm, I was also, I'm a, I'm a natural born leader. So I always want to, you know, be out in front. I always want to be connected to the rest of the class. I want to have something to say. And so again, I got kicked out of every school until I went to college and I got to choose what I wanted to study. Right. So, um, so, you know, I, I think I've always bucked the system because I think intuitively I smell a rat. I smelled something wrong. I was born this way. And now I realize that it's a gift. You know, we all have gifts. And, uh, and oftentimes your curse is your gift. Because remember, there's two forces on this planet, yin and yang. So you can always flip that coin over. So if that gift is not harnessed properly, it can become your curse. So I got in a lot of trouble. I was incarcerated. I got arrested. I got, I got into a lot of trouble. And, um, and so I've had to learn how to harness that gift, how to, how to, you know, speak properly and, you know, harness even my anger. Um, and so that's, that's been, <laughs> I think that the statement is the bane of my existence, but it, I, I think that's negative. It's actually been my spiritual path, you know, to really uh, understand myself better and then harness uh, the energies that I have. I have the ability to speak out against injustice and, uh, and, uh, and affect change and, uh, and, uh, and be a disruptor and, and call forth innovation. Right. That's powerful, man. I definitely appreciate the transparency and you sharing that. And I know, I think I read something along the lines of you modeling for Versace at a point. How did that come about in your life? Well, I was, uh, I was going to school. I was, I was in San Diego. I was going to college down there. And uh, a, a lot of people used to approach me and, uh, you know, hey, are you a model or you should be a model? And, and uh, I knew nothing about it. And then that, that, that calling got a little bit louder. And uh, I eventually took pictures and started uh, to seek out modeling agencies. I got with a, a major uh, modeling agency here in uh, Los Angeles, uh, Nina Blanchard at the time. And uh, I was in San Diego. She opened up a satellite office down there. I came up here, interviewed with an agent from Milan. And uh, soon after that, I went out to Milan and I just started auditioning and casting. And I was, you know, I was a street level dude. I, I've been on my own since I was 14. So I, I, I always like sussed up the situation and then you know, moved towards moving to the top, right? So, um, you know, the, the agents in that industry, they're, they're, they're quite interesting and a lot of dysfunction and sexual dysfunction in, in, in that industry. And uh, I, I don't like playing games. I'm a straight up dude. Uh, and so I, I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't interested in, in playing any kind of sexual games, any kind of, you know, weird, weird games. Uh, psychological games. I'm not into kissing ass or sucking dick. So, uh, that, I'm, you know, I'm not good at either of that. And so, uh, so I played my own game and I realized that, uh, at the top of the industry, uh, at the time there was this, there was this photographer named Bruce Weber and somebody said, you know, go find Bruce Weber, you know, and he was in Miami at the time and Miami was opening up as a new, uh, 
modeling uh, Mecca, um, new modeling uh, town, city, because the Germans could shoot the catalogs down there in the winter. And uh, I went down there and I got an agent. I found an agent and this guy was a hustler too. And uh, he wanted to move up in the world and came out to Milan. He saw how the industry was going. He saw all the energy that was coming to Miami. And so he wanted to make moves. He was the one who actually helped Gianni Versace buy that property. One of his friends was a real estate uh, guy and uh, he helped him buy that property. And after that deal was done, he said, you know, use my guys for the, for your next campaign. And I was one of those guys. And I was one of those guys. I met Richard Pullman. That was the first time I went down to Miami and I wanted to, to find Bruce Weber and he's the one who connected me with Bruce Weber. And, uh, uh, so we became, we built a friendship and, uh, and then I would milk Richard. He was, he wanted to move up and I wanted to move up. And so, um, we became friends and when opportunity strike, I was like, Richard, hook your boy up. And, and he did. And so I ended up doing, uh, I ended up doing four Versace campaigns, and uh, I just actually got back from Miami. They, uh, they re-ran my pictures. Uh, South Beach Stories was a coffee table book that they created on uh, uh, the campaigns that I did uh, down there uh, with, with some of the other guys from Miami. And uh, they ran a bunch of my pictures and had a big event at Art Basel. And uh, uh, so I went down there for that. You know, Just being a Versace model, I mean, again, that's the top of the top. So... Uh, that helped my career and, uh, and it continues to help my career. And I plan on doing uh, more Versace campaigns moving out in the future, uh, as well as uh, other campaigns. I left that industry because I was just sick of the politics. But now that I know how to run my own empire, um, I'm just going to call my own shots and go back in and do high fashion. Right. So, Troy, what cued the radical transformation? I mean, you were living this lifestyle of the rich and the famous. And now when I talk to you today, they seem to be two totally different people. So was there a specific event in your life that said, all right, Troy, like, hey, dude, you need to get your shit together or you need to find yourself or I'm curious, like, what peaked that? Because oftentimes, specifically here in 2020, when we've been talking with people on the show, a lot of individuals are saying they had to hit rock bottom to, you know, make a a radical transformation. So I'm curious, what was it for you specifically? Yeah. So again, back to the pain teacher, the pain teacher got too, too, too challenging. I had my own emotional issues growing up as a kid and, you know, being homeless and all that stuff. So I started to drink a lot. You know, plus self-sabotage is very real as well. So when we start, you know, self-sabotage is directly related to the limbic system, the reptilian brain, and we are tribal by nature. And so whether it's DNA or whether it's the last three generations, depending on how much money your uh, family or tribe has made, if they've made 30, 50 you know, $70,000, $100,000 a year was the maximum. You start growing out of that, your limbic system kicks in because traditionally when we were in a tribal structure, if you, if you did something differently, you would get kicked out of the tribe. If you get kicked out of the tribe, it was very hard to survive in the wild. And so it represented death. And so we have a tendency as a species to self-sabotage when we start to gravitate more than what our tribe or our family had. So I started having tremendous success um, in in the modeling industry. And 
and I already like to drink a party and, and, you know, drugs and alcohol are basically free in that industry. And I had plenty of time on my hands as well. You know, what does it say that uh, uh, idle hands are the devil's work, right? So sure enough, I had nothing to do. I wasn't connected to my dream, my purpose, my legacy. And so I just, you know, started partying, started drinking, um, got into a big alcoholic state and, uh, and again, the pain teacher got so bad. It got, it got really bad. My hangovers were like, you know, four and five days. They felt like the flu would take me to recover. And so, so you know, that was an indicator. And uh, I moved to L.A. to start a career as an actor. And I knew I couldn't do that as, uh, as a drunk. And so and I, I started studying AA and going through that process. But there was something that just didn't really work for me. Uh, I wasn't working the steps. I, 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 the culture I didn't like. I saw everyone was on the revolving door and beating themselves up if they went out and had a drink again. And it's like this poor, a poor me, alcoholic for life. And I don't want to bastardize the, 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 the Alcoholics Anonymous because I think it has tremendous value, especially if somebody's working the steps which is a spiritual path, uh, really looking into yourself and taking responsibility for yourself. Uh, and it's a tool. And I think if that tool is helping people, um, you know, I truly applaud it, but for, it didn't work for me on, on, on many, uh, levels. And I've used the technology quite a few times in my life. So I, I do, I do think there's some goodness out of it. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, 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 uh, it only got me so far, but I remember, uh, going to step 11 meetings, which uh, is about prayer and meditation. And there was some je ne sais quoi about the guys that really practice meditation. And so I was like, and then I had a really rough time. It was uh, 1999 New Year's. And, uh, and I was like, uh, I, had, I had a really blowout argument with my, my girlfriend at the time. And then I was like, I never really made New Year's resolutions, but I was just like, all right, this has got to stop. My life has got to change. And I started meditating. I was like, I'm going to meditate every day. And uh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what it's about, but I'm going to do it. And I started sitting on my pillow and I realized that it relieved my anxiety immediately. About four months later, somebody turned me on to Vipassana meditation and um, it helped me uh, tremendously. I read that literature, it made me cry. I recommend people, you know, check it out. It's dhamma.org. It's all non non-dogmatic, non non-religious, etc. It's just you dealing with you 10 hours, 10, 12 hours a day meditating in silence. It's a silent retreat. And that changed my life hugely. It revolutionized my consciousness. That was a big wake-up call for me. I started studying with Maori healers uh, at that time, indigenous Maori healers. And I had some powerful healing sessions with them. And then I drank the magical brew ayahuasca, and these were my big three wake-up calls. I went down to the Amazon rainforest. I drank the ayahuasca, which is like drinking a concentrated uh, brew of ancient nature. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you through uh, the sum total of your consciousness. It's going to uh, show you uh, what you're made of and the direction for your long-term survival. And, uh, and then being in the rainforest and, and working with an herbal company at the time, I was, uh, I was working as a medicine hunter. I was researching plants. I realized our potential demise as a species because we were cutting the lungs of the rainforest down. And uh, I came out of the jungle 
um, with some powerful visions and YouTube was a new reality. I started posting content up there and, uh, and at the bottom, bottom line is I thought people would care and I was, you know, totally blown open, my heart blown open on the ayahuasca and being in the Amazon and being in the center of the mother earth and oxygenated and I came out and told the stories of the rainforest and nobody gave a shit. And so, you know, I worked to my message for the last 13 years on, on YouTube and social media to really craft the messages and how we can have a healthy planet and a healthy human populace. So again, 70% of the American people are obese or overweight. If I don't do something now, I have children. Uh, my children will become a statistic. We'll all be eating garbage and our waterways and our airways will be contaminated. We'll basically be dealing with massive amounts of pain. And, uh, and, uh, I choose something else. So I use my entre entrepreneurial mindset, my freedom mindset to create and affect change. That's powerful, man. And Troy, again, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. We hear it time in and time, you know, time again, over and over again from individuals that are on this show, how powerful meditation is. So I appreciate you reinforcing that, um, that point, you know, I definitely, you know, appreciate that, but I want to respect your time here. We're almost running out of time, but I want to drop your new book, hashtag ripped at 50, a journey to self love. Now I know you have pre-orders open now for this book. I, you know, you sent me the cover. It looks phenomenal. What you have going on is amazing. If an individual could only take one thing away from this book, what would you want that one thing to be and why? Uh, just that you are a child of God and there is a bigger purpose here for you. Um, and that, you know, you are divinity incarnate. Right. That's powerful, man. Now, how did you get on the spiritual journey? I mean, is it, and I, I know you mentioned God a few times. Is this something that you were born into or, you know, did you find it on your own? Yeah, I found it on my own. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not interested in dogma. I'm not, I was always against the church. I saw the, I saw the bogusness of it, you know, when I was younger not, not to dismiss anyone who gets, you know, help from it. But, you know, I see, you know, I'm, I married a, a woman that was a Christian and, you know, she, she, she let the church go when she started drinking ayahuasca and, and knows the truth. And I just see a lot of judgment in religion. And, uh, um, and so, uh, um, yeah, so I was always against the church. I was also accosted by a priest, you know, it got me wasted and I used to hitchhike and he picked me up hitchhiking and uh, it was Father McGuire. I knew him. He was the, he was the, he was the priest for the local Catholic church that my friend went to. And, uh, and he lived right in a little town. I, I grew up in a rural area in Connecticut and I used to hitchhike and Father McGuire picked me up and I think I was probably 12 or 13. It was, a, it was a winter night. And, uh, there I was and, and he started talking to me. He's like, yeah, you like to drink? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, and, uh, I don't know. I was drinking Southern comfort and schnapps at the time. He's like, what do you like to drink? And I was like, oh, I like to drink that. And he's like, well, I think I have some of that. Would you like some of that? And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I was thinking this is kind of weird. Okay. Father McGuire's <laughs> he's got some liquor for me. Right, right. Let's see what happens. I, I was, I was, I was, a, I was a, I don't want to call myself a punk, but I was kind of a punk, you know, I was a, I was a street kid, you know, I, 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 I hitchhiked. I did, I did things for myself. So I went over to Father McGuire's house and, 
he proceeded to fucking get me wasted. I swear to God, I was seeing double. Thank God I've got a good constitution. He started talking about some weird sexual stuff. And he's like, well, if somebody gave you like $100, would you do that? You know? And I, I was like, man, you know, I'm not, that's not into me. And then I was smoking at the time. And I was like, you got a cigarette? And he's like, he goes, uh, he's like, I'll go out and get some for you. Anyways, it was just a weird thing, you know? But there, there you go. Father McGuire, you know, accosted me, wanted some sex for me. And I was just like, I wasn't into it. And, uh, and so, uh, I just never trusted the church. So I had to find God for myself. And uh, ayahuasca is an incredible tool. Um, you know, I went through a divorce recently and, uh, and that brought me to my knees. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of prayer technology, but I hang out with Re Reverend Michael Beckwith uh, at the Agape International Spiritual Center. He channels the divine. He's an amazing guy. He's been on Oprah. Uh, I really resonate with his message. And so when I got divorced, you know, um, I was doing a gratitude journal at the time because my brother uh, challenged me to that. That helped me as well. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just grateful for whatever I have. Um, and I'm still connected to my children and, and I want peace and harmony with my wife. So let me just pray for that. And then I, I was laying in bed and I was just like, all right, God, I, I basically a state of surrender. You know, I, I don't know. And there's gotta be, you know, an energy that's bigger than me. And I'm just going to open up my heart to that, to the all, to the sum total of the all, right? And I just started praying, and it really just helped change my life. It, it opened up my, my heart. Um, you know, it's hard to explain your own, um, your own connection to God, to, to, to the ineffable. And so between that and doing enough psychedelics, I mean, 5-MeO-DMT is a miracle, and that will, that will thrust you right into the sum total of the all or God or whatever you want to call it. Um, ayahuasca connects you to the earth and to, you know, consciousness on so many different levels. Um, it really opens you up and helps me understand that it's all about, you know, um, uh, gratitude and love. Um, and so I would have to say, you know, the, those are the major things. And then once you get some kind of realizations, then you use your own mind to, you know, find that heart space in yourself and connect to something that's greater than you. And I found that for myself. I love that, man. And I'm glad you were able to find that for yourself. So Troy, last question for you. If you can listen, th this is a, a big question here. If you could only give one piece of universal advice for the rest of your life, what would that one thing be and why? Uh, well, all knowledge is knowledge of self and people can discover their own gifts, their own peace, their own love, their own um, success by going inside and really asking themselves the deeper questions. And I'm not the first person to say that. All the ancient sages have said that. All knowledge is knowledge of self. The Greeks said, gnosis, praxis, intellicus, to know, to do, to become. Uh, and and uh, uh, to know, to do, to become. And that's an ever-evolving uh, phi ratio spiral that goes into infinity. So we are evolving 
you know, extensively. I think the consciousness of everything is continuously evolving. Right. That's amazing, man. I, I definitely appreciate that. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I'm going to make sure that everyone's able to connect with you through the links to your social channels, that which is going to be in the show notes of this episode, as well as the link to grab your book, which is going to be um, available for pre-order. It is available for pre-order. All of that good stuff is going to be in the show notes of this episode. So Troy, man, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day and dropping all this value here today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just encourage everyone to, you know, really follow their heart. Um, you can follow my work on social media. My brand is Certified Health Nut. And uh, TroyCasey.com is going to be the best place to find all my, 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 my information. And, uh, you know, and, and the world's changing quickly. I believe 2020 is all about inner vision. And uh, we are, you know, we are headed um, for an awesome place. And, uh, and I think we're going to realize that in our lifetime. I know we are. I feel it in my heart. Right. Troy, I appreciate you, man. Thank you again for joining us. And there you have it, episode 165 of the Decoding Success podcast with our friend Troy Casey. As always, I have two requests for you. You've gotten this far in the episode. I have to ask that you connect with our amazing guest of the day. You can find all of Troy's social handles, his website, where to get the book, all of that good stuff in the show notes of this episode. Let him know you heard him here on Decoding Success. Let him know even why you want to connect with him. Maybe there was something that he said in this episode that really struck a chord with you. Maybe you want to go deeper in that conversation. Reach out to him. Let him know you heard him here on Decoding Success as mentioned. And secondly, as always, you now have the opportunity to be a beacon of light to someone else. If there was something in this episode that struck a chord, I can guarantee you that the individuals in your circle, the individuals in your mastermind, your colleagues, your friends, your whomever can benefit from this in some way, shape, or form. That's exactly why you're around them. You're like-minded to an extent, and that is exactly why what you heard in this episode that struck a chord can be beneficial to them as well. So you have the opportunity to be a beacon of light here. Whether you share this directly into your group chats via email, via Twitter, Instagram, Story, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you're sharing it, just make sure you're tagging us, tag myself, tag Troy, tag Decoding Success, so that we're able to reach out and say, thank you because expressing gratitude is an amazing part of my day day to day activities to be honest and I want to make sure that we're doing that to the best of our ability and until next time ladies and gentlemen be blessed peace